0: You love your children, and as a new parent, you may be tempted to overindulge in the hopes of making them as happy as possible. What are some of the signs that you are spoiling your children? How does it typically impact your children? And what are some of the ways you can change the situation? I'm Nancy Cohen, a child development and behavior specialist, and this is Parent Savers. Faster than
1: a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss.
2: Would you get down from there?
1: Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh,
2: what did you eat?
1: Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah,
2: quit touching me.
1: It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your online, on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers. I'm your guest host, Sunny Galt. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who join us every time a new episode is released. And for those of you who continue our conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter, if you want to get even more Parent Savers content, be sure to join our special club. Also check out our Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of the episodes wherever you go. We are on iTunes. We have an app that's a Windows-based app, and we're also on Google Play. So Kalina, our producer, is going to tell us how you can get involved if you don't listen. Live right here in san diego
2: so if you want to join in on the conversation and you're joining us online or maybe listening afterwards uh, you can always also follow us on facebook or twitter use the hashtag parent vp uh, and we will do our best to j- get you involved in the conversation and get your questions answered
1: Awesome. So let's meet everybody that's here in the studio. You guys know me. I'm Sunny and I have four children, ages four, two, and then I have identical twin girls who are 10 months old.
3: I'm Stephanie Glover. I'm 32 years old. I'm the host of Preggy Pals, which is also on the New Mommy Media Network. Um, I have two daughters, Gretchen and Lydia. Gretchen is three years old and Lydia is 13 months
2: All right, and I'm Colina. I am 26. I am the producer, of course, of Parent Savers. I have one son.
0: His name is Adam, and he is 16 months. And Nancy is our expert. Nancy, how many kids? I have one daughter. She's grown up. No (laughs) grandchildren yet, but keeping my fingers crossed. Well, welcome, everybody.
1: Hey Parent Savers, before we get started with today's show, I'd like to introduce you to Christina Playdrop. She's a creative military stay-at-home mom, and she's created a product called The Minky to help kids stay a little bit warmer when it's cold outside. And today she's joining us from Germany. So Christina, welcome to Parent Savers. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Christina, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about your product, The Minky. What exactly does it do?
4: Well, the Minky is a winter garment for babies to toddlers age four. It combines hats, scarf, and gloves into one product. So you don't have to worry about the kids taking their hats off and throwing it away or the gloves and throwing that away. So it just keeps everything in one garment, and it's super easy to put under the snowsuit or jackets or vests and it keeps kids warm, you know, and dry.
1: Okay. And then how did you come up with the idea? I'm I'm thinking you probably had an issue with your own children and it led to you creating this product, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it did. My daughter, she's never, liked wearing gloves at all or hats. So um, we spent a lot of time in Sweden during the winter because that's where I'm from. And uh, my daughter would take her gloves off and she would throw them away and her hat and we wouldn't find it and she would get upset because she was cold. So I figured if I sew together uh, one of these baby baklavas together with one of her old tights, that way it would all be in one piece, like her hands would be warm. Uh, and that's kind of how I got the idea. And then I got some fleece fabric and I started sewing my own. Um, that way I... I got everything in one piece, and she wasn't able to take her gloves off and throw them away or her hat. Yeah,
1: you know, I experienced that with my own kids as well, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You mentioned fleece. You know, is that the primary material that's used in it, or are there different materials? What can you tell us about that?
4: Uh, I'm using a stretch fleece. It's uh, soft and stretchy. It's real... um, it doesn't it's not constricting in any way at all and it's warm um and it's not that really thick thick fleas it's um a thinner fleas that way uh, they don't start sweating or anything underneath so it's um but it's all in fleas
1: okay and uh, what about the different styles and colors what can you tell us about that I'm assuming all that's on your website as well
4: well right now I have um, I have a bunny ear style. It's um, It comes in um, baby pink. It has little bunny ears. Uh, and then I have a plain style. It comes in pink and blue. Uh, and then I have two new ones. It's a flower style. It comes in purple and baby pink. You have like a cute little flower on the, the hat. And then I have a dino style. It comes in green and mint. That's be for boys. Um, and it has like a little dinosaur pattern on the head and everything so it's really cute
1: oh super cute how does sizing work for it is a one size fits all or what do we need to know about that
4: well uh they come in five different sizes so they start at newborn six months and then six to twelve months and then 12 to 24 Twenty four to thirty six and then a three T to four T, so that's the biggest
1: one. Okay. And I know, you know, when our kids are outside and they're playing, they have a tendency to get a little bit dirty. I don't think it's just my mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> I think it's kids <laughs> so in it's general. All kids. <laughs> right. But I can't tell you how <laughs> how many times I've got to throw stuff in the laundry the moment my kids touch it. What is it like to clean these? Is is it easy? Can we just throw it in the washing machine?
4: It's super easy. Uh, I hate when it's very complicated and you have to dry clean it so I wanted it to be easy to clean so all you have to do is wash it in warm hot water and then toss it in the dryer so there's no no fancy stuff
1: Okay. And I know you have more information about the product on your website. It's
4: at www.theolly.com.
1: All right. Well, if you guys are listening to this episode shortly after we release it, we do have a special deal for you. You can actually save 30% off all minkies, but that's only November 27th through December 1st, and that is on a different website. The website is bumblebean.com. But of course... You know, like Christina said, if you want more great information about the product and sizing as well as to check out those fabulous colors and styles, make sure you visit the website at com, and that's T-H-E-O-L-I-E.com. All right, Christina, thanks so much for being on our show today and for creating such a great product for us.
4: Thank you very much, and uh, have a great Thanksgiving.
1: Thanks. You too. Today we're talking about spoiling your children, and our special expert is Nancy Cohen, a child development and behavior specialist. Nancy is also one of our Ask the Experts, so if you have specific questions after listening to today's podcast, you can send us an email, and we'll ask Nancy. And I promise not to overload you with questions, Nancy. We'll filter them and That's sure fine. We're the good stuff. I'm happy to get questions. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. I know you've been an expert on our shows numerous times, and it's always nice to see you. Thank you. I love doing these. So let's talk about the term spoiling. I feel like we kind of need to define this before we really start talking about it. Um, And I think that the term spoiling, people have a tendency to get very defensive about it. And it's a very subjective topic. So um, as a professional, how do you define the term
0: spoiling? I think spoiling is when a child is kind of ruling the roost. The child is in charge. And the parents are a little bit reticent about setting limits or saying no or making the child unhappy or letting the child have a tantrum, that kind of thing. And so instead of letting the child go through the natural feelings of having limits and boundaries, they say, oh, this is too uncomfortable for me, or it's too uncomfortable for my child. I don't like seeing my child this way. And so they end up giving in. And then once we start giving in and giving in and giving in and giving in, in, children learn oh, if I throw a tantrum, if I argue, if I whine, if I use certain behaviors, I'll get what I want. And so we have parents who then give in, and that's what causes spoiling. The parents don't feel um, good enough about themselves or their parenting or understanding kind of what's going on behaviorally between them and their children to be able to say no and feel good about no and then letting the child have whatever feelings no produces and then move on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. So it's not about having a lot of things, because I know a lot of kids who have a lot of things, but they don't get them after they've been whining or crying or demanding. They get them because they've earned it or they've saved up money or their parents give give it to them because it's the right timing in their lives to have it, like an iPad or something like that. So uh, I think it's more about the parents than the child. And I think, however, having that, say, saying that... Um, Children's temperaments play a big role in spoiling children because if we have easy kids and we give a limit or we say no and we have an easy kid who says, oh, OK, that's great. We don't have to have the fight with them. If we have a very tenacious or very difficult child it's very, who's arguing and arguing and arguing and they don't let go and they don't let go and they don't let go and we just give up, sometimes that will produce kind of what we call the spoiled child because the parent just can't handle that type of temperament. Is it bad? Is spoiling bad, in your
1: opinion? As I was doing research on this, I came across, um, it was actually Dr. Phil's website, and he called it a form of child abuse, which I thought was interesting, to say the least. But what are your personal feelings on it? Do you think it's a bad thing to spoil
0: a child? I do. I think it's a bad thing because it doesn't teach children how to um, delay gratification. It doesn't teach children how to problem solve and work things out. It makes children often feel entitled. And then the outcome later on, after they're out of the house, is hard too, because then they think, well, everything everybody should just bow to me in my job, at school. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of the center of attention. And for some kids, it's really hard to make that transition. So I wouldn't call it abusive as much as not really helping the child have the best outcomes that he could have who he is. Yeah.
1: So for the panelists here in the studio, do you guys, are you guys scared of spoiling your kids? Does that come up in conversation, you know, with your family at all about, are we spoiling them? Are we getting close to spoiling them? Is it not a concern for you guys?
3: I have a strong-willed toddler who tests me constantly, but I'm comfortable saying no. Uh, But we're in a phase because she's in the terrible threes, She just started them, so it's going to be a long year. Um, um, But because call me, yeah, (laughs) we'll talk. Because yesterday it was a two-hour tantrum because I had told her, you know, no, you can't have a second cup of something, you know, inappropriate timing too, and um, and I'm I'm comfortable letting her work that out. Is it fun for anyone? No, right. (laughs) Um, I hope I'm doing the right thing. But if anything, I don't think I've been accused of spoiling. I probably the my mother-in-law would say that I'm maybe not forgiving enough with that kind of stuff mm-hmm, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just a grandma are thing. Are you the so. mean parent? I, I, I'm just, I guess but I'm trying to set boundaries. Yeah no you know? there's nothing wrong with that. You're not yeah, the mean. But- I'm
0: the meanest parent. <laughs> <laughs> because your daughter Ever, told right. you. <laughs> I'm the meanest parent. parent. And parents most parents get that even if they you know they're, they're good at setting limits and kids know that or even if they give in a lot. Yeah. Parents are always the meanest. You're the meanest mom. None of my other friends do do this or they're treat they're their not. kids this way. You know, their moms are nice. <laughs> well
3: I've, I've already talked to my 13 year old old and she's promised to not be a terrible toddler so <laughs> i feel i'm feeling good did you say
1: 13 year or 13, 13 months? months okay 13 i thought you months. said year oh, i'm sorry, like no, 13 months. Wow, <laughs> she grew up fast
2: <laughs> kalina are you worried about spoiling adam um i mean right now not so much because he's really easy to redirect so if he wants something that's inappropriate or that he shouldn't have, and most of the time it's something that he'll hurt himself because he still's kind of figuring out what is appropriate things to play with and what's not, um, it, he'll get upset when we take something away from him or, or – don't give in to what he wants but then he's pretty simple to be like but here is another option of something you can do that's appropriate and he's like oh okay and he'll go do whatever it is you hand him so he's very easily distracted from those meltdowns and I think we do it in a way that not so much you know we're not doing it to really like just give in to him we're showing him wh- the difference between what's appropriate and what's not so I don't feel like that's really getting into that spoiling realm I don't know we'll see um, but right now because of that I don't think it's too much of an issue yet but he's still little
0: and I think you bring up a really good point redirecting a child is a really good way so you're not just saying no You can't touch that or you can't have that. And that's often the first time when we start to set limits for kids is when they're starting to get into things that are dangerous or that they shouldn't be getting into. And um, sometimes we can't house-proof everything. (laughs) You know, there are plugs or there are things around. So um, it's really important then to have something else to give them um, to do. So it takes their mind off it, and they, okay, I'll do this instead. Some kids it will be kind of tenacious, though, and want to go back to that first thing. And so you, you just have to kind of say, nope, I know you really want that, but that's not safe. Let's find something else. And sometimes even leave the room if you have to. I mean, really get into something different. But um, I, I think that's a really good way to handle that. And that's when the first things start to come up, too, when ba- when. Children are about toddlers. You were talking about can we spoil babies?
1: Yeah, can we? We cannot
0: spoil babies. Babies cannot be spoiled. Babies need to be picked up when they cry. Babies need to be fed. Babies need to be cuddled. Babies need to be touched. We have to attach with our babies and attune with our babies and really have a relationship, and that's the most important thing that we do in the first year. So we cannot spoil a baby. I remember when my daughter was born, she was a newborn baby in the room with me crying. I picked her up. A nurse came in and said, don't pick her up every time she cries. You're going to spoil her. Aww, and this was sad. like a three hour old baby. Yeah. And I thought, what? And I said, well, I have a different opinion. I, I feel <laughs> like it's important for me to pick her up. Yeah. But I was amazed because this is a person in the medical profession right? who people is gu- to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who's guiding people, yeah. new moms. And, you know, a lot of people I'm sure would say, oh, I don't want to spoil my baby. I better put him down. And, and we used to think that, actually. We used to think that if you pick up babies too much when they're crying, they will cry more and we will spoil them. Then they'll think that every time they cry, they get picked up. Well, yeah, they should think that. (laughs) But the real truth is all the studies on crying in babies shows that just the opposite is true. The faster we pick them up, the more we meet their needs, the more we hold them and try to respond to them in a timely way, Mm -hmm. the less they actually cry. Interesting. And
3: it builds confidence, too. Right, it does.
0: Somebody's there for me. Somebody's there for me. So it's really, really important. It's not spoiling. So what? at what age, then, can we start to spoil our kids? I think we can start spoiling when they become toddlers, so 12, 13, 14 months old. And it starts in the way that you were talking about, that they want to do something, and we don't want them to do it. And if we let them or make a big deal out of it, then sometimes they realize, if I fight long enough, I'm going to get some aspect of this. And so that behavior can start to become sort of manipulative when they're when they're toddlers. You know, you can tell too, because a lot of times a child will go to touch something and they'll look at you. You know, I'm gonna touch the (laughs) television. You know, and they're about a year old and they toddle over to it and they go and touch it and then they look to make sure somebody's watching them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, am I getting attention for this? And they get attention for it. So it's important to make sure that we are setting those limits starting right away. If they're doing things that we think are inappropriate You know, give them something else to do that is more appropriate and start setting those limits. If they're throwing food, you're feeding them and they're throwing food on the floor. That's fine for a while because that's what kids do. They throw food from their high chair onto the floor. (laughs) They're experimenting. It's fun. But after a while, they're just throwing the food. They're not eating anymore. It's a game. So you can say, you know what? It looks like you're finished. Let's, you know, get off out of your high chair and clean up and we'll go on to the next thing. So we don't have a fight about it with them. We just set a limit and move on. And that's really important. So
1: why do you think um, parents typically spoil their children?
0: I think, well, I think a lot of things happen. First of all, I think it depends on the child rearing that they're doing you know, in the 50s, permissive parenting was very popular. And that was really saying the child is in charge, whatever is going to make your child happy, basically do it. So I think we go through diff- different trends in the culture that make us look like we're spoiling our children or not spoiling our children. Before the 50s, then they had very strict parenting, very authoritarian parenting. And that we were told not to kiss our children or touch them or hold them. Because again, that would be spoiling them. Oh so gosh. I think trends kind of kind of happen. And so So we kind of go along with what is the norm, what our friends are doing, what our doctors tell us to do. Um, I think, too, with working parents who are away a lot and they come home and they're with their babies, they're with their toddlers, they're with their preschoolers, they don't want to fight. They don't want to have a bad night. They haven't been with their child all day. And so if the child says, you know, "Oh, more TV or I want to look at the, uh, you know, my computer or I want to stay up later or I want extra ice cream." The parents don't want to have a fight. They, you know, they haven't seen them all day. They feel bad that they haven't seen them all day. So I think a little bit is from guilt. Mm-hmm. And then they give in and then they give kids things that they really don't want their kids to have or do and that can set up kind of a problem. Um, guilt. (laughs) I think for a lot of us it's guilt. (laughs) We don't want our kids to be unhappy. You know, a lot of us just feel like, oh my gosh, I can't see my child be unhappy. And the truth of the matter is sometimes kids are unhappy and that's okay. We don't want to make them unhappy, but there are times when they're going to be unhappy and it's good for them to learn how to deal with disappointment and move on from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I think some of it's the guilt. Some of it's working late, and we don't want to have fights with our kids, so we kind of give in and make our lives easier. Sometimes it's because we have really tough children, and we don't want to fight all the time with a tough kid. So we tend to give in more because that kid can outlast us. Mm -hmm. So I think there are a bunch of reasons that it it happens. The problem, too, is that a lot of times – We can be called parents who do the spoiling, you know, you're you're spoiling her, but often the parents call their kids spoiled. You're so spoiled. You always get what you want. Like, who's doing mm-hmm. the That's spoiling exactly. it? <laughs> So now not only is the kid not getting the limits or the rules or the boundaries or whatever, but now he's being blamed for it. It's his fault. So I think that it's really important for parents to realize they're the cause of this. You know, the child does come to the equation with a temperament and a tough temperament. You know, that kid who can argue all sides of things yeah. can be really hard for a parent who is not as good at that, mm-hmm. you know, who has a little bit of a more easy going temperament and so a lot of times those parents are like "Ah, okay fine you can have it you can do it stay up later fine but then that sets up a precedent for other things so it's really the parent it's really about the parents and the parenting and if we start blaming the child then we really have to take a look at ourselves and say wait a minute this is a double a double whammy on this kid
1: yeah i think sometimes we're overcompensating for something too like this doesn't happen all the time, so I don't want to make a blanket statement. But if you didn't have a lot of things or a lot of whatever growing up, and we're not just talking about physical items, but if you weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff, or you know, if you were always yelled at growing up, you know, exactly. you don't, you know, you don't want that to happen. Or if you come from a, a separated family or That's something I was like say, that, I see that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and and you're trying to give them or show them love. It's a little misdirected, but you're trying to, you know, be as nice as possible because you know they're going through something rough. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that that does definitely. Play. Play into it. And again, in the short run, it feels like the right thing to do, but it's, ha- it's harder for that child in the long run. And then it's also harder to undo it. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about what signs to look for to determine if your child is
1: being spoiled, also ways to tame your spoiled child or prevent it from happening altogether. Welcome back. Today we're talking about spoiling your children with uh, child development and behavior specialist Nancy Cohen. So Nancy, what are some signs that you can point to for all the parents out there that your child might be spoiled? What should we be looking for to determine
0: if we're (laughs) indeed spoiling our kids? I think looking at who's in charge, that if you feel like everything you do is around one child... Particularly, it's usually, usually in families, it's interesting to me, it's not every child that's spoiled. It's usually one of the children. And it's usually the toughest kid. It's usually the hardest kid. But I think if you feel like you're waiting for this other shoe to drop, or always waiting, like you feel like you're walking on Mm eggshells, or oh my gosh, if I say no, we're going to have a big blow up in this restaurant. So I think, Checking yourself to see how you feel about saying no to your child or setting limits and what their reaction might be and if you feel like you're you're kind of being held hostage then that's a that's a big sign that that they're being spoiled. do you find too that um, parents have a tendency
1: if you have multiple children to spoil like the youngest or i mean is it just about personality or is it do you find birth order or anything like that to be a determining
0: factor on who we easier on it can be it definitely can be younger babies usually usually the youngest in the family is babied more and given into more and babied by the rest of the siblings too yeah so that's another reason why you know they don't have to do anything for themselves you know they go eh, and their siblings run and get them the toy because you, know? like, <laughs> you don't want to hear them cry <laughs> right I'll, I'll get it for her you know so sometimes it is the the baby in the family yeah. who gets more and sometimes too as parents we're tired or more tired <laughs> so it's easier yeah. to say fine 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 just yeah you know, it's True. I'll fall asleep with you. I'll lie with you on the bed. No problem. <laughs> and we also, it might be the last one. And if it's our last baby, oh, we're like,
1: oh. We want to savor mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm.
0: all of that. Yeah. So what typically happens long term if we continue to spoil our
1: children, if we don't catch it and correct it?
0: They can have problems with social skills, uh, getting along with other kids because they want to be in charge, Uh, rules and regulations at school and in the world. They feel entitled. They also want things right now. They can't wait. They can't delay gratification, which is a really, really important skill for good outcomes for kids. So it really does have an impact, and it also impacts our relationship with them long-term because... A lot of times when, when they're in that kind of give me, give me, give me mood or I want my way or I'm going to do this because I can, we get mad at them and we start not liking being with them sometimes or being afraid to be with them. And so that impacts our relationship with that child. I feel like we're in a huge period of um,
1: younger kids feeling entitled. You hear about this, you read it on the news or whatever. And um, I just feel like that that's there's a whole generation coming up of spoiled children that, you know, I mean – I guess that's another generalization. But I, I, I feel like it's different. It really is
0: different. I agree. And I, I think, too, that being helicopter moms, yeah. you know, that term, it, it, that also doesn't give our children the opportunity to be competent, try things out, be successful, fail sometimes, take risks because we're always there. You know, we're always there figuring everything out for them. And that's kind of another sideline of spoiling our children because we're not really allowing them to be independent Mm -hmm. and to take some risks and to make some mistakes and move on from there and come up with some good solutions if they're having a hard time. If we're always there telling them what to do and how to act and how to respond to their friends or calling the friends parents every time something happens which is fine when they're younger when they're older it's important to give them the skills to work out their differences so I think we're missing the boat. I mean, I think we want to protect our kids, of course. You know, Nobody wants to send the kid into the lion's den. But we also have to give them skills to be able to operate on their own and to be independent and to feel competent and like I can take care of myself. And part of spoiling is not allowing that, just being way too over-involved. So this is the big question. If, if you guys
1: are listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, no, I think I'm spoiling my child. <laughs> how do you break that? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there is a way to break it and kind of lead your kids on the right path. I would, I would also think it would be harder to break it than if it never started,
0: right? And it's harder the longer it's gone on. Yeah. So if you have an 8-year-old who for eight years has been ruling the roost and getting his way and doing what he wants and going to bed when he wants to, kind of telling you how to run the house, <laughs> that's a lot harder to handle than a two-year-old mm-hmm. or a two-and-a-half-year-old or a four-year-old. So I think the earlier we can recognize it, that its I think the first thing is to recognize that it's okay to say no. It's really okay to say no. And it's okay for them to react. They don't have to be happy with it. Whatever we say no about, and then we have to stick to our guns. Um, it's also easier if we can think before we act. So, if they ask for a second cookie, and there's no reason why they couldn't have a second cookie, you know, they ate well today, and, you know, it's not interrupting another meal, or, you know, everything seems to be. If we can say yes, that's great. Mm-hmm. If we don't want to, then we have to say no because we really believe in no. No, you already had one, that's enough for today. We had other things that were kind of sweet. So we say no and stick to our guns. And it's important once we say no to try to stick to no. So if you notice that you're the type of parent who says no, but then gets coerced into yes, try saying no and sticking to it. And again, let that. It's okay for the child to tantrum. It's really okay. And the that the next step would be to understand. I understand that you're really upset. You wanted a second cookie, and I said no, and that's hard. Today's not a day when we're going to have a second cookie.
1: I know you're upset. I really like how you said that, to say that you understand. I mean, because I think that's why our kids are throwing these tantrums and stuff. They want attention, but they also just don't think you get it, right? And I think those words, especially, you know, when your kids get a little bit older and they understand what you're saying to them, to say, I get your pain, you know, I would be upset about that too, but... And just kind of explain. I don't think we give our kids enough credit, you know. I mean, sometimes my husband and I talk about this. Don't just say no, but kind of explain why. Mm -hmm. Because he might understand that. And a lot of times when I do that with my 4-year-old, he gets it. He's like, okay.
0: Right. I'm like, what? There's no fight? (laughs) Okay. Right. Hey, that worked. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Exactly. And the more we do that, I think the more... They do feel validated. It's okay to want it, and it's okay to not get it. And it's okay for us to understand that they feel bummed out. You know, they wanted it. It's okay. I understand. And you're still not getting it. (laughs) (laughs) End of story. Yeah.
1: (sighs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for being with My us pleasure. today. My uh, for pleasure. For more information on spoiling your children or if you want to learn more about our expert Nancy, you can visit our website. This conversation continues for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, Nancy will give us some suggestions on how to handle grandparents who want to spoil your children, what to do about that. That's a tough one. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit newmommymedia.com. All right, we're going to review an app, and this app is called Mommy Log. It is available on the iPhone as well as the iPad. And this is an app that's focused on moms who pump. You can be an exclusive pumper or an occasional pumper. But this is something that allows you to really track um, how you're doing pumping-wise, how many ounces you pumped. And it's a very simple app. I, I, I like it because it's it's free. The user interface is super simple. You can enter the date, and it's something you just kind of scroll through, pick the date, pick the time. You can say um, how many ounces you pumped on either side, or you can change that um, so that it's just total ounces pumped so you don't, you know, say which side you can write notes um and you can also track this um it's got some different charts on here different ways to log it and um one nice thing is that you can also export this and create reports. So if you just want to kind of track what's going on um, with you and your output, you can do that. If you have a lactation consultant that wants to see what's going on, uh, there's a great way to do that too. And um, another great feature that we discovered is the ability to kind of time your pumping sessions. So if you are a mama that has to pump because you're returning to work, this is a nice simple app that will allow you to, um, you know, let's say you only have 15 minutes or 20 minutes for your break it allows you to kind of time that so um, for those of you who have kind of tested this out in the studio um, give me your
2: thoughts Kalina what do you think Um, I really like the timer because I, even though my son is older, he still breastfeeds um, and I do work during the day as well. So I have very specific timeframes where I can pump Um, and I like to get finished pumping with enough time, you know, to clean everything up and put it away and get back to my desk. Um, So the timer is really, really helpful because sometimes you're just looking at Facebook (laughs) and you're reading and you kind of get lost in whatever else you're doing besides pumping because you're trying not to think about it, especially after doing it for 16 months. So (laughs) (laughs) you're focusing on everything else. So that reminder is really good. I think that's very, very helpful. Um, And then also the tracking, because that can be good to compare to maybe what he's getting during the day versus what I'm pumping. Is it evening out? Am I getting too much? You know, Mm -hmm. that's, I like that. I like the little charts. It's really helpful.
3: Yeah. Stephanie, what do you think? Yeah, I liked the user-friendly interface. I thought it was pretty intuitive, which, Is important, I think, in an app. (laughs) And as a mom, and as a pumping mom, you would want to just kind of keep it simple. Yeah. And this app seemed to, so.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of apps out there that have a lot of bells and whistles. I don't think this is one of them, but I think that's a good thing. Right. Because it's really simple to figure out. I think it would be kind of cool, you know, we talk, especially on the Boob Group, our show about breastfeeding, we talk a lot about, you know, in order to be able to maximize the effectiveness of your pumping, to be able to look at pictures of your kids and stuff. It would be nice if there was something that maybe you could upload a picture picture of your kid or I know you can kind of scroll through you know to your photo albums on your phone and probably do that as well Um, that would be my only thing is if there's a way to just customize it super easily or, you know, be able to, to um, you know, be able to look at your kid while you're pumping. I think that that's really helpful. And that can help too. Yeah. I, know, I know, right? You with help, your write down yeah. and everything. Yeah, I think right. that could be really great. But still keep it very, very simple. Um, there are some in-ad purchases. Sometimes you got to watch where you're clicking a little bit because you could go to an ad. But if that kind of stuff doesn't bother you, I think this is um, a nice free app that you can use that really does work that keeps track of everything you need to keep track of as a pumping mom. So again, this is called Mommy Log. And uh, it is on the iPhone and for iPhone and iPad. And uh, yeah, be sure to check it out. We're giving it a thumbs up. All right. All right, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents.
2: This has been a New Mommy Media Production. and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
1: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.